This is News Talk 980 CKNW. Well, as you likely know, there was the liberal leadership debate taking place in Prince George yesterday. We have new Democrats meeting this weekend in Victoria for their convention. So lots happening and gurgling, you could say, when it comes to B.C. politics. Keith Baldry. Chief political reporter at Global BC is on top of it all, and he joins us on the line. Keith, good morning to you. Good morning, Jill. How are you? I am excellent. How are you? I'm well after a full day of politicking yesterday. <laughs> yes, a busy Saturday. Uh, what sticks out as the, the most exciting from yesterday? Well, you know, I spent the day at the NDP convention, uh, at the convention center here in Victoria. A very jubilant um, gathering, obviously, almost euphoric, the fact that for the first time in 16 years, they've gathered when they're actually in power. And then uh, early evening, I sat down and watched the VC Liberal uh, leadership debate uh, on Facebook uh, through their feed from Prince George. And what struck me was that it's it's slow to take a, a effect, but it's it's becoming very apparent. I mean, the NDP is in power. They're in government, and the Liberals are not. And it's very much... The Liberals are an opposition party now, and it, it, for someone covering politics for so long, it's hard to get your head around the fact that the two sides have basically switched, switched positions, and, uh, and it was very apparent yesterday that one side was in power and having an impact on policy, public policy affecting all British Columbians, and the other side is decidedly out of power, and they're sort of arguing amongst themselves about uh, ways to get back into power. So it's, uh, it was very illustrative and, uh, and mindful that we're going to be in this situation for at least four years uh, until we get to the next election. Uh, which is interesting in itself. When you look back at j- just a few weeks ago, we were talking about how fragile things were likely in Victoria and everybody speculating on when the government would topple. Yeah, so, you know, once Daryl Plekis left the Liberal caucus and became Speaker, that sort of cemented I think the um, the the safety of the and the stability of the NDP government. So it would take some some catastrophic and unusual events to occur for the NDP to be toppled uh, from power because they've got a they've got a, a, a comfortable majority. All you need is a couple seat majority. You've got you've got a solid majority. And that's what the NDP has. So they've gone from being in the summer to being whoa, we're going to have an election in six months to now like whoa, I don't think we're going to have an election for at least four years. So that's that's changed a lot of things, and it's uh, it's been slow for the Liberals to get their heads around the fact that they are going to be in opposition now for a number of years, and for the NDP to get their heads around they're going to be in government for a number of years. And it's uh, it's slowly sinking into both sides that the game has changed here, and psychologically, it's a it's a big change in the in the BC political arena. Uh, when, when talking about the, the NDP convention uh, taking place in Victoria, how much is the decision on Site C uh, really overshadowing other things at the convention? Oh, you know what, that, that's, you know, once you get off the podium and the stage and you start talking to people over coffee, everybody's talking about Site C. Uh, I had, well, at least six or about a dozen conversations yesterday with delegates, uh, some of them notable um, who are not part of the government, but just p- part of the NDP, all wanting to talk about Site C. And, it, and the party is split. There's a number of people who are adamant that this thing has to be stopped, and others who are adamant and must go ahead. And it's uh, going to be a difficult decision for John Horgan and, and the NDP cabinet to make here. Uh, a number of NDPers told me that they fear the brand they will be labeled with uh, could be quite harmful if they if they oppose both 
Kinder Morgan and Sightsee, that that might kill the party's chances of ever electing anybody north of Hope again. Uh, so there's that point of view, and there's the other point of view in the, in the NDP increasingly loud, which is the environmental wing, which is basically taking over the party in leaps and bounds, which is that no, uh, Site C must, uh, must be stopped right now, full stop. And, uh, it's a, it's a real pickle for the, for, uh, the cabinet to decide here. But General Horgan, again, was almost reading tea leaves here over what they're going to do. So yesterday he dropped, John Horgan dropped another hint where he agreed that the latest, uh, uh, physical evidence of tension cracks, geological uh, concerns at Site C is another reason to give him pause for concern. And again, we're thinking, oh, okay, that tips it to the no uh, side that you're going to cancel it because of this geological concern. So uh, that's just another piece of the puzzle, but certainly that was the dominant issue in the back rooms. On stage, although John Horgan referenced in his speech, it's one of the most difficult decisions they're ever going to have to face. But uh, that's certainly what people are talking about behind the scenes. And the timing of it also seems that if there's going to be a decision before the end of the year, and if it is leaning to the idea of cancelling it, the optics of putting that many people out of work right before Christmas or at Christmas time are not good. No, and we keep raising that point with John Horgan. Like you're really going to give uh, 2,000 people pink slips just before Christmas, and he shies away from that and says there's other jobs elsewhere. I think the reality of it, even if they kill the dam before Christmas, um, work will continue in some way. Right now, work is continuing on that project 24-7. There's an amazing amount of work being done at Site C uh, on all sorts of levels. We get, I get the uh, work, workplace update every week, and it's, uh, it's a long list of things that are going on, and that will continue. And when they, if they do kill the dam, keep in mind they have to uh, remediate the site, which means... People have to go back to work putting everything back together again. It's conceivable that the 2,000 people who were working there are now just suddenly going to be put into different jobs. Um, uh, rather than taking Earth out, it's basically putting Earth back in and, uh, and the like. And they have to dismantle that entire mini town that has been built there. I mean, there are 14, something like, I've visited the site, there's like 14 buildings that have been erected there where, as living quarters, gymnasium, a restaurant, a bar all sorts of things. So if they do stop Site C, it means tearing down a mini-town and putting it all back together. And that may well take more than a year to do that. And at a cost, the BC Utilities Commission estimates to be, well, $1.8 billion on top of the two point whatever, $2.2, $2.4 billion that has already been spent. Uh, which is amazing when you think about it as a taxpayer, if that's how things unfold, just the ridiculousness of spending the money that was spent to get to this point and then the money to, to take it back. It doesn't even seem like it's real. $4 billion to walk away with nothing to show for it. That's the price of cancelling the Site C dam. Uh, it will be in excess of $10 billion to actually build the thing and, and get the power that will derive from, uh, from the dam. So it's, uh, it's an expensive, unbelievably expensive proposition one way or another. I, I mean, I don't envy the NDP cabinet in making a decision here. It's, uh, you can make a, a good call either way uh, for either stopping or proceeding, but it's, uh, it's the, the decision the likes of which I don't think any government has ever faced before. No. Remember when we thought the loss on the fast cats was a big deal? <laughs> Yeah, I mean that was that was nothing. I mean that was that that's like a, a couple months uh, work at Site C for the fast cats. This is uh, this is a huge. Uh, I mean, four billion dollars, which is going to be added to Hydro's debt, or ten billion dollars, which would be high, 
added to Hydro's debt is an enormous uh, amount of money that has an effect potentially on the province's credit rating, which, you know, you start toppling the dominoes here, and its, uh, it's ramifications are, are huge. Uh, indeed. Uh, you mentioned Kinder Morgan as well. And uh, like you said, the cabinet needs to make decisions. Uh, and even though they're two very different projects, uh, they, they are connected in that what, what the optics are and what, and what they're going to do, making a decision on one versus the other. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, Kinder Morgan and Site C are viewed differently once you get outside of Hope than what they're viewed as in Metro Vancouver. Uh, I think Site C is very much an abstract concept to a lot of people who live in Metro because it's way up there. It's out of sight, out of mind. Kinder Morgan is not so much the pipeline, I think, for a lot of people. It's the very visible evidence of those tankers suddenly plying the waters outside of uh, Vancouver Bard Inlet and uh, the Salish Sea. So, uh, But to oppose both, really would start to shackle the NDP's ability to say, no, we're in favor of industrial development, we're in favor of resource development. And, and that's the fear that a number of New Democrats have voiced to me at this convention, that if, we, if we're if we seen as opposing two big projects like this, it's going to be hard for us to argue that we're in favor of projects like this. And that really turns the party even more into a very urbanized, suburbanized party and less of a a regional party and would basically kill the NDP's chances to to really win the hearts and minds of voters north of of Hope. So Kinder Morgan's another another, uh, vexing problem for the NDP. It's it's less so than sightseeing in that they don't have to make a decision. It is a federal jurisdiction. They can be in court arguing against it, but it's not like they have to make a cabinet decision to veto the project unlike Site C, where they have to, that's solely 100% provincial jurisdiction. Kinder Morgan is federal, so they got a bit of an out there, but it's uh, both projects, I think, cause some discomfort in certain quarters of the NDP. All right. We just have a couple minutes left, but wanted to touch on the leadership debate. Uh, not too much excitement yet, as the vote is still a fair way away. Uh, what is it, six people, six contestants still in the yep. running? Yep. And it's, uh, it was interesting. I watched the debate. It's, uh, the most interesting part was at the end when they were allowed to ask each other questions. And it was interesting that Diane Watts found herself being asked most of the pointed questions from the other candidates, which tells you one of two things. Either that's because she may be in front, or the perception she may be out there getting more people than, than not. I don't think she is, but uh, or that she's definitely the outsider in this debate. She is not part of the B.C. Liberal Party for very long. She just joined in May, and uh, the others have been in there for a long time. And Watts was the focus of some pointed criticism and questions from the other candidates yesterday, unlike her her competitors. So it's interesting that uh, she may be the one that they're they're sort of ganging up against. Uh, anyone but Diane seems to be forming amongst the candidates. Whether that's true of the membership is, we don't know yet. And as you say, Jill, it's, it's still early days, and it's uh, not a lot of excitement. The next debate is like November 19th in Nanaimo. I think it'll take until the new year before this thing really ramps up with uh, a lot of excitement. But, you know, they're, they're, big crowds are coming out to these things. Uh, overflowing halls, and uh, the party membership seems to be interested in it. I'm not sure the public's quite there yet in terms of being that interested in a party's leadership race, uh, the leadership race of a party that is in opposition rather than in government. The last time the Liberals were in a leadership race, they were in government. It was They were choosing a premier. There was big interest. Now they're choosing an opposition leader. I don't think the public is quite as interested in that.
time as they were before. No, not quite as exciting. Uh, Keith, always good to chat with you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Vancouver's News, Vancouver's Talk. This is News Talk 980 CKNW.